You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Celebrity, where we're taking a look at who Jesus is today and how he gives us instant access to where we don't belong. What status symbols, what status symbols do celebrities have? I'll play. What status symbols do celebrities have? What's a status symbol? What, what status symbols do we see people have? Celebrities in particular. Fancy homes. Fancy homes. Cars. Status symbols. Little tiny dogs and purses. Ah, nice. Yes, awesome. <laughs> Bravo. Like, I wish I had something to give you, but I don't. Sorry. That's, that was awesome. I don't think anybody can up that, but... Um, any other status symbols that celebrities have? African babies. African babies. That, that's, that's sketchy. Um, <laughs> woo! <laughs> Phil, edit, edit that. <laughs> edit point right there. <laughs> All right, we had a hand right over here. What? Bigger dogs. Okay, you could go the small dogs or the big, big Doberman Pinscher dogs. Whitney. Cadillacs, all right, yeah, with hydraulics, right? Like, yeah. So, I mean, we, we talk about celebrity uh, status symbols, and the, their status symbols are big and gigantic or small and yip, yip. Uh, but, uh, uh, we, I mean, let's don't kid ourselves, right? We, we all have status symbols as, as well. I mean, last week I, I talked about the status symbol in Republic is that have a big truck, right? I mean, that's the status symbol of Republic, have a big truck. Uh, or guns. Uh, the more guns you have, the more status you have, right, Charlie? Uh, so actually, I, uh, Taylor, we got we, we we got this planned out. Like I've, some of you, just just get ready. Hold, just get ready. Buckle your seatbelt because we got we got something for you, gun people coming up down the pike. So, uh, but where are we? Status symbols. Status symbols. So uh, 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 we 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 like our status symbols. And, and, and we, we want to hold on to the status symbol, right? Because the, if we hold on, if we, if we hold on to the status symbol, then, then we get to keep our status. We want to hold on to that. We want to hold on to that type. Uh, and last week, we, we looked at great by name. We tried to build this name. And actually, the name and status symbol, they go, go kind of hand in hand because when we have a good name, we're able to build status. When we have a good status, uh, we have a good name. And we try and hold on to that. And we have started a, 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 a series called Celebrity because the celebrities, in particular, movie stars and sports stars, the celebrity in our society, they're the highest in society. They're the greatest in our society. I mean, go to Walmart, Walmart right? There's celebrities everywhere, not at our Walmart, literally. I mean, you know, when I show up there, but, it, but besides that, you walk into the, to the, to the checkout line and you're bombarded by celebrities' faces, right? On every magazine, there's a celebrity face. Either it's People Magazine and trying to get into their life and Nas- or National Enquirer trying to get into their make-believe life or, or Cosmo trying to get into their sex life and they're trying to tell you, you know, how great theirs is and how to make your... Celebrities try to push everything and we let them. They're the greatest in our society. 
And we're taking a look at the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, in the Bible. It's a great book. It's an awesome book. We're going to spend eight weeks on it, but we can't get to everything. That's why we have the reading plans, to let you read and find the nuggets in, uh, in Hebrews for yourself. And we want you to progress your, your belief in Jesus by, by utilizing one of the tools that he's given us, the Bible. And, and, and the writer of Hebrews, one of the things that the writer of Hebrews was doing was he was utilizing the celebrities of that day in order to show us that Jesus is greater than the celebrities of that day. Angels, Moses, Abraham, the celebrities to that culture, the writer was saying Jesus is greater than them. But also, also what the writer is doing is, like two weeks ago, we had Easter. We looked at the, the death and, and resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, which really all the ascension is is Jesus levitating up into heaven. You're like, that's a cool trick. That is a pretty cool trick. But he, he, he went up into heaven. And so now we're going, we're 2,000 years removed from Jesus going up into heaven. So is that like the greatest retirement plan ever? Is going to go up there, play golf, and just wait for the, everybody else to retire? Retire? I mean, what is he doing now? And now that we're 2,000 years removed, and he's up in heaven, and you keep telling me that I'm supposed to hear and follow Jesus, I'm supposed to hear and follow a guy that's in heaven? Like, how does that work? Hebrews answers all of these questions. And we're taking a look today at great by status. And Jesus has the greatest status ever. I mean, first of all, he's God. You can't really one-up that status. But he sits on the throne in heaven. That's a pretty decent status symbol. I mean, that's, that's some pretty good bling, right? If you're getting to sit on a throne in heaven, I'm imagining that's pretty cool. But Hebrews 2.9 tells us this. What we do see is Jesus, who was given a position a little lower than the angels. Jesus gave up his status in order to be a little lower than the angels. Well, what does that mean? Simply, he became human. Jesus gave up his status as God in order to be human. Now, we just talked about this. When we get a status symbol, we want to hang on to it. We don't want to give it up. But here, Jesus gave up his status symbol in order to be human. So it leaves us asking the question, why on earth would he ever do that? Why would he ever lower his status, his great status? We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 2. You can follow along in a hardbound Bible. We, 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 we will throw the verses up on the screen as you've already seen. We also encourage you, we highly encourage you to bring a smartphone or a tablet. You can follow along in the Bible app. Just search Bible in the App Store or, or Google Play. You can find the Bible app and we put an event into the Bible app so you can follow along on the, on the verses. We also highly encourage you to take, to, to take notes either in the Bible app itself or we have a little cheat sheet. You can take notes on the back side of that cheat sheet because you remember more if you write it down. And as you read the Bible, we highly encourage you to also write notes and write questions. And What is God speaking to you through the sermon and through, through reading the Bible? Because that then, when you come back to a small group, you can talk about the questions that you have. We want to answer questions about the Bible because we want to progress your belief in God. We also want to hear about how God is speaking to you through His Word. But why did Jesus lower his status. We saw that he, he was given a position a little lower than the angels, and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, 
Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. Now, we've all experienced leaders. We've all experienced good leaders. We've all experienced bad leaders. Generally, what makes a bad leader a bad leader is this. Some version of this, but this. He sits in an ivory tower. He sits in a corner office. And the only time that he wants to make an appearance is to tell you what to do, how to do it, and how long he wants you to do it for. And then go back to his corner office in order to get the money, to get the paycheck, to get the, to get the prestige, to get the status, to get the nameplate. That's the only reason why he wants to be in leadership to have the status. And he wants to be able to tell you exactly what to do. And when he leaves, you want to tell him exactly where. It's a bad leader. But the good leaders, the leaders we want to follow, you just have a sense. You just have a sense that they know what the daily grind is like. They know what the difficulty of day by day by day is like. And that they've been there. They've done that. But also, even further than that, the leaders that you want to follow are the ones that for a time period push aside their nameplate in order to roll up their sleeves and get into the difficulty with you. And work on the difficulty with you. They push aside that status, that position, that nameplate in order to work on the difficulty with you. See, Jesus lowered his status to be our leader. But when he is a leader, he says that it's a, he's a leader, what's he leading us to? Right? We've got to ask this question. What's he leading us to? It says here that fit to bring them into their salvation. He leads us into salvation. But then, there's a new question there. Salvation from what, right? When we read the Bible, ask questions. Ask questions. Salvation from what? It says that Jesus tasted death for everyone. Jesus tasted death for everyone. He's leading us into salvation, and salvation is the salvation from death. And Jesus tasted death for everyone. I find it interesting that the, 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 the phrasing, tasted death. Right? It's like Jesus popped death into his mouth and swirled it around and chewed it up a little bit. And they're like, this is disgusting. And he bleh, spat it out. See, if you, had, if you have a kid, if you're a kid and you, you, have a, you have a Fido as well. You have a Fido. Not the same thing. Two different concepts. A kid and a Fido. When the kid goes out in the backyard, you want to make sure you pick up phytobombs in order for the kid not to step in the phytobomb because you don't want phytobomb tracked into your house, right? Taylor, phytobomb, I mean the phytopoop, okay? Just to make sure you're with me. And so you're getting dinner ready, getting dinner ready. And uh, you see out the kitchen window, you know, kid playing out in the backyard. And you see him look at something down on the ground. And you thought you, thought you got every, all, 
phyto bombs picked up and all taken care of and everything. And you see him picking, looking at the, and he goes to reach down for something. You see him reach down, phyto bomb, pow, right into his mouth. As you parent, what are you doing? Hey, no! You're running out the door. You're like, ah, get it out of your mouth. Why? Well, one, it's gross. But two, it's dangerous, right? Poop is dangerous to eat. Newsflash. Surgeon General's warning. Comes on the package. Did you sell that at Price Cutter? Okay. Discontinued. Discontinued. All right. All right. Anyway, anyway, hey, hey, now, hey, now, hey, easy. And you, you, you like spit it out, and you get it out of his mouth. You bring kid in in order, you know, get his mouth, fill it with water, and spit this out, and get all that out, and you're giving him Coke, co- no, Coca-Cola, <laughs> Coca-Cola, and, and, and candy, whatever, to get that taste out of his mouth. Because Fido, yeah. Jesus tasted death for everyone. Sin is like phyto bombs. Leads to death. See, he tasted that for everyone. He's our great leader because he came from heaven, pushed aside his nameplate, came from heaven, and, and he tasted death. He tasted sin. Not that he sinned, but when he was on the cross, he put the sin of everybody on him and he tasted death but he did not swallow he spat it out and resurrected three days later so that we don't have to swallow death ourselves so that we don't have to swallow sin ourselves he tasted death for everyone he was the leader pushed the nameplate aside rolled up his sleeves and got into the difficulty, got into the mess, dare I say, got into the crap with us. And tasted it. But he resurrected, meaning that we don't have to swallow. See, the writer of Hebrews, part of the writer of Hebrews is wanting to, 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 to leave us going, holy cow! Holy cow, this is Jesus. He set aside his name. He set aside his status in order to come down to be our leader, to go through it with us, to taste death so we don't have to. Yes. But see, it gets better. It gets even better than this. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters, his siblings. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given to me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Who had the power of death? Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Another reason why Jesus gave up his status and pushed, pushed aside his nameplate was to be our big brother, was to be our brother. Now, the writer of Hebrews, 
he is writing to a predominantly Jewish or religious uh, uh, mindset. And so these people are going to have this high view of God, like God is barely touchable. And so when he calls Jesus, and he says that Jesus wanted to call us brothers and sisters, he's going to get pushback. These people who are religious and have a high view of God are going to say, hold on a minute. And some of them, and some of them will even say, you're a heretic. You are not teaching truth. And because of that, the writer of Hebrews goes, hey, 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 hold on, time out. I anticipate you're going to have a problem with this. So I'm just going to quote from the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, to the, those that are reading Hebrews, the Old Testament is the Bible. That's the only Bible they got. I mean, the New Testament is being written. That's the only Bible they got. And so, so, so the writer says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you throw some stones at me, hold on a second. God's trying to prepare us for this through the Old Testament. And, 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 and it's in the Old Testament that he, he wants to come and be our big brother and call us brothers and sisters. Disclosure. I'm not an older brother, nor do I have an older brother. I'm an only child. But just observing some things, I, I see a couple of reasons to have, a good reasons to have good older brothers, good older brothers, not you know, bad older brothers, good older brothers. A couple of good things that older brothers do. First of all, first of all, when you are going through trouble, when you're going through a time of need, when you've got a decision to make, when you've made that decision and it didn't turn out real well, older brother's a good person to go to, right? They've been there. They've done that. They're good for advice. They're good for a shoulder to cry on or to put his arm around your shoulder and say, let's talk about this, to sit down and have a shake with. It's one reason, good reason, good role of an older brother. Another good role, especially you ladies know this. A good older brother takes care of Mr. Loser, right? Mr. Loser, when it come, come call, you don't have to worry because a good older brother takes care of Mr. Loser. You don't have to worry about him. Because Mr. Loser will... Face your brother. When my wife Nicole was pregnant with our fourth, and in the third and four, we didn't get, uh, we didn't find out the gender before uh, before the reveal. <laughs> Let that one soak in. Um, we, you know, we didn't know if it was boy or girl, and so what we what we were saying was that if this is a girl, she's going to be the most protected girl in Republic because she's going to have three older brothers, three to six years older than her, that anybody who came a knocking would have to go through her or would go through them. In fact, I wouldn't have to worry about it. I would have to probably be Mr. Nice Guy at that point in time. Good older brothers take care of Mr. Loser. Some of you are wondering, am I Mr. Loser? Oh. <laughs> See about Jesus. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. This is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. See, the, the, the translation I use, New Living Translation, uh, uh, it just calls Jesus Jesus here. But other translations and, and how it's actually written says the one who makes holy and the one who is being made holy have the same father. They have the same essence. We're, we're, we're both we're human. 
Because Jesus, God, is human. Your brother that you can go to for advice, your older brother that you can go to and cry, put, put your head on his shoulder and cry on, isn't he trying to make you holy? Isn't he trying to make you better? Isn't he trying to, to, to lead you right in life? Jesus is our big brother. Jesus is our big brother is making us holy, making us into his image. So when we have that trouble, when we have that difficulty, when we have that decision, when we've already made that decision, we can go to him. Go, hey, I need help. And Jesus can and will be with us through our tears and put his arm around us. Now, going to get a shake with Jesus, that might be a little bit awkward, but you can drink two shakes, but he's there. He's our other, older brother who's there in our time of need. And wants to walk with us through life and make us holy. Make us into his image. But also, but also, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Jesus took care of Mr. Loser for us. Jesus took care of Satan for us. Jesus defeated Mr. Loser for us. See, see, Satan, what he does is he put phyto bombs and candy wrappers and sets them out in the yard so that we're like, huh, candy, Tootsie Roll. This doesn't taste very good, but I'll just keep eating it. Satan does that. Mr. Loser does that. What Jesus did was defeat Mr. Loser so that we could figure out what he's doing and look out in the yard and go, huh, it's poop in a candy wrapper. I know that. He defeated Satan. What we couldn't do ourselves. He did. And again, the writer just wants us to go, really? He pushed his nameplate aside so that He's not ashamed. Look, look, look. Listen, listen, listen to this. Like, well, maybe, maybe he'll call us brother and sister, but maybe he's just like, now you, some, probably most of you didn't have good brother. You had this brother. He's my brother. Yeah, he's my sister. She's my sister. Maybe that's what you expect from Jesus. Like he'll... He'll take us, but he won't be proud of. Jesus is not ashamed to push his nameplate aside as God. And say, no, he's my brother. She's my sister. I'm making them holy. And I've defeated Mr. Loser for them. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Because Mr. Loser brings the biggest fear that all of us have. The fear of dying. See, the fear of dying is brought on by death. It's brought on by sin. Fear of dying is brought on by sin. And because of sin, we have death and disease 
to fear. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on Easter that Jesus was angry. And Jesus wept at Lazarus' funeral. Not because that he wept over Lazarus being dead, because he knew what was going to happen and he knew the state of Lazarus. But he wept and he was angry because of the fact that we just have to go through death. And that it, didn't ha- it wasn't meant to be this way. He was angry that... It was an anger of compassion. It was a weeping of compassion of saying, disease and death and dying wasn't supposed to be. He weeps with you, and he's angry with you over death. But he defeated death because he's the resurrection and the life, so we don't have to fear death any longer. So we can go through this life not worried about how and when we will die. We can go to those mission fields and to those countries because you know what? He's the resurrection and the life. If I die, I'm still living. Because he defeated Mr. Luz. He's our older brother. And that's supposed to leave us going, holy cow. Can't believe that he would push his nameplate aside for that. But it gets better. It gets better. 16. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. This doesn't just mean that he came to help humans, but the descendants of Abraham doesn't even mean descendants through flesh of Abraham. But descendants of Abraham through faith, through faith in God alone. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that could take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through the suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Now in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the high priest, he made sacrifices on behalf of all the people. He made a sacrifice on behalf of all the people. There's an animal, there's a perfect animal, a perfect lamb before the high priest. And, and, and symbolically, he laid his hands on the, on the lamb to show, to symbolically lay the sins of all the people and himself on the lamb. And then the high priest would slit the throat of the lamb and let the blood drain out as a sacrifice for the people's sins and his sin. But Jesus, Jesus set aside his status, set aside his nameplate to become our sacrifice. But the major difference between Jesus and the Old Testament high priest is that Jesus is our great high priest. He didn't come to sacrifice an animal. He came to sacrifice himself, to let his blood pour out because he had our sin on him to let his blood pour out so that we could be saved from our sin. See, God could save us, could have saved us from a distance. He could have been like, eh, that's too messy. And he could have uh, drawn up a plan that would have saved us and he never moved from heaven. He's God, could have done that. But this plan 
It's airtight. It's brilliant. We're not having faith in some, some, some weird blind faith. This plan is brilliant. See, the only one, the only one that's perfect enough to make the sacrifice for us is God. But there's a problem there. He's God, so he cannot die. If he could, he wouldn't be God anymore. So, shoved aside his status, shoved aside his nameplate in order to become human. Because then he could die. Then he could die. But he resurrected because he's God. And he can't die. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, he, he became human so that he lived the life that we should have lived but could not. And he died the death that we could not die but should. And he shoved aside his nameplate in order to do that for us. June 1st, we're going to have a sermon completely on this topic. Because the writer goes into further detail on this. But his intent, his purpose is for us to go, you, you're telling me that God set aside his status in order to, in order to die? I heard this story while I was in Texas the first time for seminary. And it was about a, a, a youth ministry and a youth worker that was um, been working with the youth for a long, long, long time. <clears throat> Older lady, and she was telling the story of Jesus to this really, really rough individual, and. Um, he was enamored by it. He was just, really, really, holy, really, really. And she got to the climax of his death and burial and resurrection. <laughs> and, and the kid goes, no, bleep! She's like, exactly! I want us to be a church. I want us to be a church that is so enamored by the story of Jesus that we will never get over the wow of the story of Jesus that we're telling it to students and kids and adults that, that haven't heard it and are going to be enamored by it and like holy cow holy bleep and I'm like exactly exactly and we want that that we'll never get tired of that because the story is like, is like that. See, we're enamored by celebrities. When they set aside their status, when they set aside their nameplate and serve somebody. Ellen, she gives away tens of thousands of dollars a week to people in need. And we're enamored by that. doesn't matter why she does it, if it's for the tax break or if it's to gain viewers. We're enamored by that. We think it's cool. 
When somebody, when a celebrity, pushes aside their nameplate in order to serve somebody else, in order to leverage the platform that they have. We all could give away money. All the money that we had to people in need. And leverage our status and push aside our status to serve somebody in need. And we try to do that as much as possible. But, Jesus set aside his status and leveraged his status to give up his life. Which is great. Which is great. See, this is why we unashamedly and boldly call each and every one of us to hear and follow Jesus. Because I want us to be, be, to be saying, he became our leader. He got down in the mess in order, in order to taste death so we don't have to. I will hear and follow that. He became our big brother in order to make us holy, in order, in, in order to defeat Mr. Loser. I'll hear and follow that. He became our sacrifice so that, so that he, can, he can get rid of our sin. I'll hear and follow that. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. In order to show you the great status of Jesus. And he set that aside in order to leverage his status for us. So maybe, maybe the story is completely brand new to you this morning. But you're saying, man, if that's God, I mean, I had my image of God and had my image of church and had my image of all this, but if, if that's really God, I'll hear and follow that. We want to talk with you through that. Not in some ritual or not in some drink the Kool-Aid thing. Just so that you get it. If you're just re-entering the church because of whatever and, and you've walked away and you're just coming back and, 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 and you're like, you know what, I thought church was a whole about, about, about status, about position and who's got what and blah, blah, blah. No. No, it's about the Jesus who leveraged his status for our benefit. I don't want you to believe in Crosspoint. I don't even want you to trust us right now. I'm just calling you. If this is really God, I'm just calling you to hear and follow him. The rest will take care of itself. Hear and follow this God. Again, we'll pray with you and talk with you and we, we, we want to be a safe people for you to come with your blah, your phyto bombs that you've ate. No, I want to take care of this. I don't care what language you use. English. English is preferred. I'm, I couldn't understand anything else. But, but we want to help you work through this. We want to progress your belief in Jesus. And our small groups are designed for you to show up and go, dude, I've jacked this thing up. I have questions and I have 
more questions than answers. Can you help? But also, those of you that say, you know what, I'm, I'm hearing a following. I'm not perfect. I, I know you're not perfect because I'm not perfect. But you're, you've made the decision to hear and follow. and You're trying to hear and follow right now. You know what this song is for? This song that the band's about ready to play is for you to worship the one who shoved aside his status to leverage his status for us. So I'm calling you to right now hear and follow by just worshiping with all of your heart. I'll be in the back of the room. Shelly will be in the back of the room. You can grab somebody you trust. If you need to pray with somebody, work with somebody, have a question about something, um, have something you need to get out of your mouth, we're there. That's why we're there. Otherwise, worship the one who leveraged the status for you. To taste death for you. To make you holy. To beat Mr. Loser for you. And to wash you completely free of your sin. That's the one we gladly Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you for your status. And thank you for leveraging your status for our sake. I pray, Lord, that you will uh, send your spirit into our heart so that We can make sense of all this. All I've got is words. All we've got is words. We, we need your spirit to make sense of all this and to lead us. Lord, I pray that you give somebody, whoever, the courage to make the decision today to hear and follow. For the first time or the first time in a long time. Give us the heart, give us the, just the heart of, of, of just extreme gladness to worship you in this moment. Thank you. Love you. It's in your prayer. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us and worship the one who leveraged his status for you. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. You can find us on the web at cpf.me.